And what are we plugging? Your butt. <laughs> God. Ah! It's the jokes on you. My butt's already plugged. Hey y'all! Ah! It's another episode of the Black Tower Podcast. Boo, 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 boo. Tell us, make some noise. I don't care that you're driving in your car to work. I don't care that it's 11 o'clock at night and you're drunk and tired, but you thought, oh my God, it's a new episode of the Black Tower Podcast I haven't seen. I want you to make some noise. Because yeah. Mahale's in the tower. And you know what that means. Can only mean two things. One, either Billy Zane has let that python go again, or the Mahales are in the tower, which was the first example. Across the globe, uniting for a single cause. I tell you, I show you, I give you my introduction. Hi, I'm Josh. Uh, I'm the Soravon Mahale, and um, I enjoy water ice and escargot, but not at the same time. I'm your Bajan Mahale, Andrew. Hi, I'm your Avancon Mahale, Daniel. I like long walks on the beach and pina coladas. Nice. <laughs> oh, man. This uh, is already starting. To, it's already uh, off very, to a grand start. thing of an episode. Loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right. Oh, God, I forgot. That is one thing I forgot. I can't switch windows when I'm not on face. I got to do this window, not that window, because if I do this window, everybody in the chat can see it. So don't mm -hmm. do that, Josh. Hey, Josh. Don't. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. Um, so for those of you listening along, uh, you know, we do our recordings on Tuesdays. We put the episodes live on Fridays. Um, but if you want to get early access to that episode, or if you want to get access to our Patreon exclusive content, uh, you do have to be a Patreon. You can join for less than a dollar a month if you do the annual family member fee, which I think is like $11, like $10.5, something like that. Uh, but no, being a Patreon, uh, it just, you know, we uh, we love your support. We love the our patrons who support us. Uh, every penny we get from that Patreon goes right back into the show. Um, and it's why we're able to do cool things like the Gathering Madness this year at Evermore Park, um, October 14th. Um, it's going to be really, really exciting. Um, it's a lot of fun. So go to blacktowerpod.com. There's merch. There's a link to our Patreon. There's a link to our Discord. Do all three. You'll be happy you did. You're going to like the way you look. I guarantee <laughs> it. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Uh, for tonight's episode, I think we got something special. It's one of those high Black Tower podcasts. Let's just come up with something ridiculous and talk about it for two hours. Um, but you're going to oh, have fun with it. Sort of. Sort of. Uh, I will go ahead and tell you a little bit about the uh, the origin of this particular uh, topic in a moment. But lest I or anyone else says anything that you should not hear if your innocent ears have not finished all of the books, Andrew, would you be willing and able to go ahead and slide on that spoiler condom for all of our lovely fans? Sure. <clears throat> also, we're not recording next Tuesday. That's right. Oh, it that's a good July point. 4th. Yes. Oh, so that is true. Yes. Live. Yeah, we're not recording next Tuesday. We may do another day. Uh, we hadn't locked it down yet. I don't think. Maybe we did. I don't know. I think we have at this point. But again, we will double check, make sure, and let you know. But it will not be live uh, on Tuesday, which only patrons will actually know that based on when this episode goes out. But that's okay. Well, we'll put it in the Discord so that they can at least read it and be like, okay. Yeah, episode Absolutely. release. So episode release will be themselves away from the keg and the fireworks to come yes. and do what's more important and listen to us. Exactly. Yes. Or well, Daniel, you can not. do it a different day and be. Fine. Josh wouldn't be there Tuesday anyway. That is accurate. Because he has, I don't know, this weird thing like um, a family to do stuff with. It is crazy. weird. <laughs> what? Who do that? Loser. But speaking of someone that's not a loser, here's a registered nerd with this week's spoiler warning. This is your Black Tower podcast, Wheel of Time Spoiler Warning. There are neither beginnings nor endings to spoilers, but this is a beginning. If you continue to listen, you may be cursed with the knowledge yet to come. These curses may include knowledge that you are, in fact, just a farm boy. Drinking one glass of wine now leads to mustache pulling and a hell of a hangover. Resigning that you will never be as good with the ladies as your friends are. Realizing Andrel is bae, regardless of your gender or sexual orientation. The inability to stop tugging your braid in anger, even if you don't have hair. And understanding that the word taint is simultaneously a noun, adjective, and verb. Discovering you have more titles than actual name. The BDE, also known as Big Dragon Energy, becomes undeniable. Finding yourself promising to read A New Spring and never getting to it. An uncontrollable urge to argue over inconsistent pronunciations. Knowing it's that Nineveh, isn't it? is a responsibility, not a privilege. Nineveh. Again, there are no beginnings or endings to spoilers, but this is a beginning. You have been warned. Excellente, <laughs> registered nerd. You know, that brings up another good point, is that the people watching uh, our live recordings get access to all of our fun uh, screen shenanigans that we can do live, but we cannot do in the recording. So That is true. There it is. Well, I mean, we can do in the recording as well. It just takes more effort. 
You, so, uh, you effort I'm not willing in. to commit. Yeah, I was going to say, you <laughs> could put those in, but none of us is judging you for not doing that. <laughs> All right. I love it. So, okay. uh, let's talk a little bit about today's topic, and then we can basically dive right in. Uh a while ago, we actually did an episode on whether the creator was still around um, and talking about theories that sort of I had found online and people had brought up at Jordan cons that we had been to and things like that of why is it that the creator doesn't seem to actually try to touch the world the same way that the dark one does? Um, and one of the suppositions for that was that the creator actually destroyed itself in the making of creation. And that is why it is no longer an entity. Um, but I've heard other theories and I've seen other, other theories on Reddit and by talking to people and things like that. And I will say that the... The origins long suspected uh, reveal that Nakomi is actually the avatar of the creator the same way that Shadar Haran is the avatar of the Dark One does throw a little bit of a wrench in the engine of these conversations. But at the same time, I think that they're still valid because again, our philosophies, our laws of physics, our understanding of these entities is to a certain extent woefully underprepared because we are human and they are not they do not have to follow all of the laws that we do uh whether they be physical or emotional or philosophical or theological that's literally kind of the point the uh, and therefore they're the only humans and we're all gods it's actually the inverse. Humans have no restrictions, but gods have a lot. That is also possible. <laughs> That's why we make the, the make, make the existence of gods sound so nice to us, because you're like, oh, limitless power, that must be so nice. <laughs> Except... It's just, it's just, like, long-living denial. It's just... That's all right. it is. But... Uh, the other theory that I had sort of heard that I am interested in exploring a little bit is the idea that and and we've actually brought it up on the show before so this might sound somewhat familiar is the idea that the dark one and the creator are actually the same entity that they are sort of two sides of the same coin um and that they are and all powerful or mostly powerful or whatever you want to call it sort of being that is doing what needs to be done to push creation through its growing pains, if you will, uh, to become something more or to just continue to have people care about their day-to-day -day lives or things like that. Uh, and that, somewhat akin to the conversation that Rand has at the end of the story of realizing that the dark one and his chaos 
is sort of necessary in the world to make it not bland, make it not boring, make it not sepia, if you will. Um, <laughs> that the Dark One and the Creator are actually one being playing both parts. Uh, so I wanted to go ahead and get your thoughts, my, my co-host's thoughts on this theory in general, uh, whether it works, whether it doesn't work, whether you guys know of things in the story that make it uh, completely unviable. Uh, one of the reasons that I actually think it's a sort of a fascinating theory is sort of the idea of the Dark One's claim that he only ever needs to win once. But also sort of that implying on some level that the Dark One has never won before, at least in this world, because he only needs to win once. And since the wheels in the sky keep on turning, that means that the Dark One hasn't won. So the question becomes... Does the Dark One actually have a stake in winning? Or is it just the creator playing the Dark One and the creator and therefore doesn't really want to win, but wants to give the world spice? So he threatens to win all the time to have humanity bear their teeth and be better. Just but a at the same time, enthusiastic theater kid. Right? Or, or the old man from the old Pixar movies, short movies, uh, playing chess with himself. Right? Kinda. Oh. Uh, so anyway, we'll start with Josh, because you look like you have more thoughts um, in terms of like, while I was talking, you were showing more thoughts. Oh, good. Uh, I've got you fooled. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to go first. I just followed them. Toss the ball to you. Um. Okay. You are more than welcome to pass it down to Andrew. I, I, I don't want. I feel like this is an intriguing subject because there's so much that we don't know about this and or these entities. Um, we do know that at least one of them does in fact exist as evidenced by the fact that Rand literally imposes the Dark One onto the pattern uh, for a brief period of time. Um, yeah, you know, it's it's an interesting thought. Do I, do I think they're like the same... Uh, no, I'm not going to say they're the same. Do I think that they are more likely to be, you know, basically two entities with nothing better to do? So they have a wager and they're like, let's go, let's see. You know, it's, it's, it's what Reese and I brought yeah. up with the, uh, the, the, the bar wager theory. Um, I, I like that one. But my, my my reasoning for this, and my reasoning for even being hesitant with that one, though, is that when the Dark One wins, presumably, the wheel will be destroyed. 
The great serpent that drives the wheel of time will be killed. The loom will stop and the pattern of ages will no longer be woven. And to me, that suggests basically an end to all things. A finality, then, yeah. Yeah, what you've got then is the Dark One and the Creator, or the Dark Creator, just kind of sitting there going, yeah, cool. Now what do I do? There's literally nothing. And I kind of feel like, and this also brings into question ties that the Dark One has to the pattern. Because the Dark One is obviously a part of the pattern. And the Creator is obviously a part of the pattern. So, what makes you say that? Well, if for nothing else, the Dark One had a thread in the pattern for a moment, for a brief I mean, window in time. Um, but so much of what happens for good or for evil is influenced by the likes of Nakomi, by the likes of Shadar Haran. And you can say that those people as avatars of the Dark One and the Creator, whether or not that's a single entity or uh, a dual purpose single entity or two entities entirely, whatever the case may be, I, I do hold, maybe not directly, but maybe by the transitive property of influence or the transitive property of attachment, the six degrees of Kevin Bacon, you know, they're part of the pattern in that way. And so I have to believe that the destruction of, you know, you, you could also say, you could also throw this out too. The dark one and the creator are two, separate entities but one of them wins and creates the pattern and imprisons the other one and then the other one's like oh no i don't want to be in this prison anymore i'm going to destroy everything you made and remake mine so the creator bound the dark one at the beginning of creation and the dark one is bound and i don't know man there's a lot it's just so much is the, the parameters are so vague it's real difficult to kind of fall in on a single track if that makes if, okay. not that i've blundered on for a few moments without actually saying anything andrew what do you got buddy <laughs> uh an absolute obsession with how shitty my webcam looks to me change it to that's 720 and it looks yeah. better i think that's the problem my settings on I reinstalled Windows for anybody listening and or watching. So all of my stuff is back to default, which means back to suck-ass fucky. I'm sorry, buddy. Which is the worst setting you can set your stuff to. So I'm like, I'm like, why does my 4K webcam look like an absolute potato? And Because uh, yeah, I'm an absolute potato. No, it's like 50,000 settings. Anyway. um, I, I don't think they're the same person. I don't. Um. For, for me, my explanation as to why the, the creator is so laissez-faire with the world is is very, very boring and, and expected. Um, I, I think it boils down 
very simply to a writer greatly influenced by the very strong Judeo-Christian traditions of the Southern United States uh, into the, the modern era and this uh, kind of like post-Roman empire where you have a devil that is ever present, always interfering with life, making things hard for everybody or, or trying to tempt everybody, a.k.a. the Dark One. And you have a God or Holy Trinity or whatever group you believe in um, or would call that that is pretty much hands-off and observant um, and doesn't become hands-on until like the end is nigh. Um, thus for me, that's now with the explanation that Nakomi is in fact the, the avatar of the creator, that's why Nakomi comes in because we're within a year and a half, two years of the end. Um, and that very much follows in line with uh, comparisons to like the book of Revelations uh, with you know the the wise men uh, appearing in Jerusalem and things of that nature, um, to to me that's it. Uh, it's not the exciting explanation. Don't play with wax, kids. Oh, I thought you were missing a finger for a second. I was like, what the hell happened? <laughs> sorry. Continue, please, Andrew. I'm sorry. Oh. Um. But yeah, no, it's it's not a very exciting theory, and it's definitely not an in-world theory as to to why the why things are the way they are. Um, but I I do agree with uh, the the concept that yeah, the the dark one does only have to win once, um, because if your entire goal is to destroy space time and therefore also destroy the multiverse and all the different Spider-Mans in it by destroying the multiverse. <laughs> you only need to do it once. Um, I, yeah. Um, I don't think they're parts of the pattern either. Um, I don't think they uh, ever were or blip into it. Um, matter of fact, I think them not being part of the pattern is what makes it so hard for the Dark One to win. Uh, that him being intrinsically physically separated from the pattern and the ace uh, the lace of ages not the ace of lages it's it's my it's it's my it's uh, my mother tongue um because we see like him continuously trying to influence the world by doing like these these bubbles of evil these things that happen to float along different people's threads and encounter different people's threads that cause then effects on the world through interacting with them, uh, they cause problems. Um, and I think it's intrinsically harder to destroy something that you can't physically actually touch yourself. Um, makes things a little bit harder. So uh, I think the most dangerous point for all of humanity in the series, as Rand came to the conclusion that it was as well, but for different reasons, um, you know, he was like, yeah, I shouldn't destroy uh, the Dark One because... You know, the world without the Dark One is just as bad as the world with only the creator or, you know, no world. Um, I think at that moment where Rand's like, I'm going to pull you into the pattern so that you're vulnerable. I think the Dark One was sitting there the whole time like, yes. And maybe that's why he's never won in any of the other multiple realities because nobody has either had the strength, the thought, or the ability, or they've come to the same conclusions let me not pull the guy who's trying to destroy all of reality into reality uh, because we were trying to seal him away so that he couldn't destroy the world and he only touched the male half of power and 
ruined it for all of us for a couple thousand years. Um, so I think that might might have been one of Robert Jordan's hints. I don't know. Or Shadi was here. I'm sure he'd show me 37,000 articles and questions and answers is why I'm wrong, uh, which I would absolutely welcome because, you know, forever improving in our theory. Um, but yeah, no, that's fine. But I, th- I think they're separate. They're separate entities. I mean, if, if the... If the theme of the books is balance, then if you've got the ultimate "quote unquote" good guy, then I think you, by nature, have to have the ultimate bad guy. Um, I don't think that they can exist as the same body. Um, well, but what if you have just the ultimate balanced guy, <laughs> and they can do both, like the actual no. Zen Buddha? Like, no, it's it's in, it's interesting, and I I like that you actually sort of made a choice there and and are sort of sticking to it and whatnot. Uh, I have a new question that is sort of brought on by this in some ways. Um, uh-oh. I lost Andrew for a second. Oh, I'm, I'm still here. I just oh, turned okay, off the webcam. Gotcha. I was just curious um, to see if I could actually change it to 1080p and I can't. Ah, no, okay. that's unlocked at the higher level. Oh, uh, yeah, that's weird. Well, it looks yeah. better at 720, so now I'll just get to fuck around with the rest of the settings and hopefully not distract anybody with ADD or ADHD that watches this. I mean, you're good for it. Squirrel. I mean, no, I, so there's sort of a, a new thought as far as that. Um, that is, is one that I've had before and we have toyed with before as well. Uh, but it springs up in this moment. Um, is the idea of, do you guys think that the Dark One and the Creator are of a same power level, if you will? Are they actually both as capable as the other one, or is one of them stronger than the other? Because, of course, again, at the beginning of this particular story, we are told, slash we know, slash whatever you want to call it, uh, that the Creator was able to bind the Dark One away from the pattern. Um, and make creation without the Dark One's influence to a certain extent. Uh, and that presumably at some point it was man that drilled into the Dark One's prison and unleashed the Dark One on the pattern. Um, which, again based on our understandings of power levels and whatnot would suggest not necessarily say outright, but suggest that then the creator would presumably be stronger than the dark one. If he was actually able to imprison the dark one away from the creation. Um, no, again, Josh is then humanity's ability to channel would be stronger than the creators because they could break into his prison. Or it was by design imperfect. I uh there's a lot going on there. Yeah. Uh and so again, a lot of this is weird power rules and things like that. But again, let let's go back for a moment to the to Josh's sort of brought up theory and Reese's sort of brought up theory uh, that I think is a very interesting one and get your thoughts. Do you think that the creator and the dark one are actually of the same sort of power level and that 
the dark one in this case has allowed himself to be imprisoned or do you think there's something else going on where either they're both of the same power level but the creator tricks the dark one into being imprisoned or manipulates the dark one into being imprisoned or gets the jump on the dark one to be to imprison him or whatever or do you think that the creator is stronger than the dark one which is how he ended up imprisoning him in the first place and i'm gonna pop over to andrew first since we went to josh first last time i think they are of equal power it's just counter compliments i think the creator is unparalleled in their ability to create and i think the dark one is unparalleled in his ability to destroy so i think it becomes a bit of uh, an an um, unstoppable force meets an immovable object. Um, you know, it's kind of... Uh, I, I know it happens a lot in, in, like, Naruto and across all kinds of mythos. Um, like, so... Uh, in Naruto, they make reference to uh, the... I believe it's called the Yakata Shield and the uh, Tsunagi Blade. So you have, like, the, the mirror shield, literally, like, the shield that can reflect everything and the sword that can slice anything not really how they work in the show but uh but, same thing which would win if they went against each other and the the answer is well either nothing would happen or like all of the creation would just disappear from the conflict you know it's that kind of age old to just divide by zero yeah yeah that's that's all that's that's why Itachi that's was actually all you have to do his susano had both the yakata mirror and the tsunagi blade so he could divide by zero and just take out everybody, but instead he just killed his whole family. Um, so there's that. Aww. You know, Aww. that's cool. That that's what you do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he had a good reason, maybe. Okay. Um, anyway, that actually no, bears I, out a new yeah, question. I think, I think for it's me. just complimentary. So that well, actually brings out counter complimentary. Sure. Uh, that actually brings a new question for me that I actually want to address before we go over to Josh for his thoughts. Um, if there is no creation, then like the pattern creation, uh, does the dark one have anything to do? Yeah, keep the creator from creating. I think that's more of their eternal fight. Like, I think the reason there actually is a full on multiverse in story is because the creator is forever creating. He's just spending his whole time creating more and more and more and more universes that are going on. Just keep spinning out creation. That is your job as a creator. Um, and in theory for the creator, the more creation that exists, the more that exists to fight against the guy trying to destroy everything you're making. All right. And so sure. you kind of have that. I mean, to me, they kind of each have their role. Um, sure. And who knows, that might also explain why in this world we don't really see the creator interact that much because he's busy actually making shit and the Dark One's just like, eeny, meeny, my, fuck this Rand this time. Oh, no, okay, he beat me up. <laughs> fuck that Rand this time. Because um, there's the, well, that just gave me another thought. What if, like, what if the seal around the Dark One's prison has become very porous and... It's as he jumps to trying to interact with different realities is like kind of when it's permeable enough for somebody to kind of reach into the prison 
And like that's like the waypoints he uses to figure out mm. which reality he's gonna try to defeat the creator in. Not saying it's right, but it's an interesting. I like that. Thought. Yeah. All right, Josh. What are your thoughts on this this whole piece of it, as far as the the general power level of uh, the the entities, or again, possibly if we want to go back to the theory that they're one, uh, you know, so, sort of the the understanding of what's going on here. So when you start talking about um, like eternity and beings outside of space-time, you start you start having to sort of redefine words. And I know that's going to sound real like schmarmy, but hear me out for just a second. What does it mean to put someone in prison? You limit the amount of space that they can travel, right? If you have someone imprisoned, you limit the amount of space that they can travel. Now, this amount of space that they can travel is not zero. They've got a, you know, what is it, a 10-foot by 10-foot cell or whatever the case may be. They've got a yard that they can go out and walk around in. They've got right. phone I'm access to the Daniel, outside. just turn it off where I could see how long your mustache is actually against your backdrop. And I am very impressed, sir. <laughs> I normally see you like straight on, so it's like hard to. Sorry. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna get like a lot of facial hair wax for WatCon, and we're gonna have to do our facial hairs up all fancy. Sounds good. I like that. But continue, Josh. So, also, I appreciate um, it. Thank you very much, Andrew. It it is a glorious mustache. It is. I like it a lot too. My but, mustache, your mustache. Everyone say the word mustache mustache so in, in terms of them being the same power level i'm going to say yes that they're equal okay but kind of exactly what andrew was just saying and and i think there's a really good illustration of this in mistborn and i won't go past book one because i know thank you you're not thank you very you know. much but you have preservation and you have ruin two gods that are equally opposed to each other. And so that's not in book one of Mistborn, but continue. Well, you have those. It doesn't spoil anything for you. I I appreciate that. It doesn't sound <laughs> like it, but also like just so that you're aware. Basically, the the the, the point I'm getting to is that these two mm -hmm. entities are equal, but they have exactly opposite uh embodiments exactly yes. opposite missions and skills mm -hmm. so if i want to you know if i want to push something over and someone else is saying no you can't push that over and they have my say exact same uh power well i can push and push and push and that person can also push and push and push but we're not going to move anything we're not going to do anything we're not going to get anywhere with that um I feel like when you say, and this goes back to my original point of the the, uh, the Dark One being imprisoned, I feel like when you say the Dark One was imprisoned at the moment of creation, I feel like the moment of creation was an imprisonment upon the Dark One. Because the creator gained that amount of uh, almost perfect influence over the foreseeable 
space-time continuum. And the dark one was now very limited on the chaos he could sow. Was now very limited on, now all I can do is influence people. Um, on the rare occasion I can talk to someone. Um, then you have the foolish humans of the Second Age, the Age of Legends, who drilled into the spot outside the creation. And this is a very interesting point, too. We don't know why they thought that particular mountain was the great access to the Dark One. We just know that's what they thought. Well, no, they knew that spot was the access to a greater power. Mm -hmm. Did the Dark One set that up? Did the Dark One go, here? right here. And is that why when they bored into it, only the dark one's influence came by is the creator's influence already spent actively creating the world around them. Was, was that spot already thin between them before they drilled the hole? Cause I thought that's what I, made the, the spot thin. No, it's like, I'm not the second general question. Cause I don't remember no, no, no. I or is it like I, a what I'm six in is, one hand, half a dozen in the other? We don't know. Yeah. What I was going to say is that it is so unclear as to make answering this question technically impossible. But again, I think that what really is clear is that that is where the Dark One was, if you will. If there was any physical space that the Dark One was taking up outside the pattern that was the point where they could get it get to it easiest that was so you could strong. call that thinning or you could call it something else or whatever but that was the spot that they discovered the the power which is the dark one effectively which then like raises the question like which may indicate also that the dark one maybe had influence before. If it so, if the if the veil between reality and what exists in between realities was thinnest there, were they just innately drawn to this area to create the Column Dom and then the Sharon? It's entirely or possible. Was it thin enough that the dark one influenced them to like, hey, hey, that candy in the back of the van? That See that's well there's a there is also a third possibility of they built these things in this space and so literally anywhere in creation could have actually accessed the dark one's prison because the dark one's prison is outside of time and space but where they built the column dom and the university is where they were doing all of the experiments to find new power so that is where they discovered the power because it could have been all around them but that's where they were studying and so if it literally could if your mind sweeper says that there are mines literally everywhere if you pick a spot that's where a mine is like if that makes sense yeah <laughs> i agree with you pick now, any spot and, and wherever it is that you actually click that's <laughs> where a mine is <laughs> the Which... boar was an inside job <laughs> Wait, okay. But mine. We know our flows don't melt creator beams. <laughs> we know that dark friends existed even in that time. And if the avatar of the dark one and the avatar of the creator are upon the earth, walking the earth, 
I'm not saying they are. I'm saying it's a very good chance that Shadar Haran is going to Dark Friends and being like, hey, I need you to put this information in the report. Cool. I need you to do this. I need you to do that. Like Joker shows up at the hospital and talks to Harvey Dent. Hi. (laughs) Right? It could be, though. (laughs) Do I really look like a guy with a plan? I love that line so much. Just staring at, um, uh, what was her name, Mirren? (laughs) Introduce a little chaos. Yeah. (laughs) Watch. I'm going to make the shock lens disappear. (laughs) (laughs) You really think we're just going to let you walk out of here? Yeah. (laughs) I love it. That's probably my favorite line. Like, the whole thing, just just the way he delivered it. You think we're just going to let you walk out of here? Yeah. (laughs) Like, what? Like, I don't care about you. Let's Get out of here, loser. This out of <laughs> no, so I I find it interesting. I And I'm actually going to take my comment back. I don't think it matters where they drilled. I don't think it matters where they drilled. I think the creator is utilizing the creator's full invested power in running this crazy pattern of ages. Uh, I think I think that the act of creating so much has the creator taxed, and that's why the creator is uh, depending on an avatar, champions from the the the, the heroes of the horn. Uh, the Dragon Reborn as a champion of the creator directly. Um, I think that's why the creator depends on those things because it takes a long time for the Dark One to be able to influence humanity. I mean, it could be tens of thousands of years for all we know. And this this could be the one piece of the cycle. You know, yes, 3,000 years, but it's a blip. Such a crick in the uh, it's it's a blip in the grand scheme of things. So between the age of legends and the end of the third age, you've got the dark one making a full court press because that's the window of opportunity. That's maybe the only window of opportunity in the entire cycle of ages. So You've got an interesting sort of conundrum there because I don't think it matters where they drilled. I think they were going to get the Dark One because the Dark One's powers of chaos were sort of limited. So the Dark One had potential energy. If we want to start getting into like scientific terms, the Dark One had potential energy where the creator was expending the full breadth of the creator's kinetic energy. Drill and in the so Column I, Dom or in the Sharon. Drill at Kyrian. It all it all arrives just <laughs> the same. Or rather, the dark one jizzes in your eyes and ears. And ears. All your plans. And it just brought you back to me. Back to me. <laughs> and where did it Daddy bring you? Shy. Back to me. Uh, so I actually have a couple of thoughts on what Josh just said, and I, I kind of want to throw them out here and, and get your 
sort of response slash thoughts. Uh, so I will admit that based on the word that Robert Jordan chooses to use on some level, uh, that I have always thought of it very much as the dark one is imprisoned in a space. Like, like Josh, Josh said in some ways that he's got a, his movement is limited. He's now in a 10 foot by 10 foot space, you know, blah, blah, blah. That, that sort of idea of a prison. But I'm now thinking like, what if the creator imprisoning the dark one is literally just, he puts sort of a coding on all of his creations that the dark one isn't actually imprisoned anywhere. It's that creation is imprisoned yes. from the dark one. There's just a so, bunch yeah. of bouncers. I mean, there's and that's, a, there's a defensive line around all of creation. <laughs> How how can you restrict someone to a to a finite space or a, or a specific space or a specific amount of space when by their very nature, along with your own, you exist outside of space and time? Look, well, and I will exactly when exactly like the effect the effect may not match what what the word imprisonment means mm -hmm. yes. to us physically, but physics only applies in the physical world or you know in and, areas that are affected by physics and they this is exactly all that. and no. this is exactly why i said we have to start talking definitions of imprisonment because that means a completely different thing to someone who already does not exist who is already not bound by not space exist. and time like, yes, I like what Flamingo said. It's just a layer of clear coat on all of creation. <laughs> It'll buff out. But, but I have another. I have another question that I I sort of am am realizing based on sort of what Josh was sort of blundering on, as he said before. Um, blundering on is my speciality. So I. I Maybe I should double check before I actually sort of say this as far as what our... Uh, Just whip it out. Just whip it out. Are. But <laughs> the heroes of the horn, are those actually tied to the creator in any way? Because that feels like a big advantage that the creator would have. Because, of course, again, you could kind of look at sort of Nabliss or like the, the, the Dark One being able to give access to the true power and whatnot to certain channelers of his of his followers and whatnot as a a uh, a foil to the dragon which is clearly sort of a not a creator avatar but a champion of the creator and whatnot like that's its intended role and things like that even though they claim that the dark one can fight or that the dragon can fight for the shadow but like it never happens in the story that we read so like on some level it feels like the dragon is kind of a a champion of the light and things like that but the only The Dark One clearly has power that he can resurrect souls. And both of them sort of have these uh, avatars. And the Dark One shows an ability to sort of set bubbles of evil or like stroke the world and have these bubbles of evil come out or whatever it is that you want to call it. But 
There's a what, fart joke What are there. the comparable creator powers? Like, are we actually saying that the creator has all of these things that it can do as well that are comparable? Or is it just a situation where it made creation already and that was its comparable pat like what are your thoughts on on sort of that whole well we've talked about the weaver right we've 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 scratched the surface on talking about there there must be a weaver if there's a wheel and a loom there must be a weaver and that's where that's kind of the inspiration for why i say the creator is busy actively weaving the pattern of ages. Now, if that stops for any reason, say the creator gets up to go take a pee, what happens to the pattern? It doesn't continue. Everybody goes to... Is that true? Until everything comes back up. What, the 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 threads aren't being woven at that time, so time presumably is not moving for our experience. Well, so my question is: the wheel moves, yes. and it is being pushed by Sidine and pulled by Sidar. Correct. Uh, and. It is indetermined whether Sidene and Sidar actually come from the creator. It is basically confirmed that the true power comes from the Dark One. Correct. But it is not necessarily... As far as I am aware, it is not a confirmed thing that the... That the one power is the inverse of the true power if you will, that it comes from the creator and therefore is. So presumably if the wheel keeps going, then the loom keeps producing patterns. Now the creator, presumably if they are the weaver or whatever you want to call in some ways, loses their ability if they are not active and paying attention to weave out Tavirin and weave out the dragon and weave out, you know, different things like that. But does the loom actually stop, well, stop looming? It, stop weaving if the creator stops doing those things? Are so, they the weaver? So based on what I understand from the actual workings of a loom, right? You've got... You've got your big, huge thread bed. Mm -hmm. You've got your, you've got, you know, it's, it's, it's arranged in a certain way. You've got your shuttle. You push it down. You weave the shuttle through. You pull it back. You weave the shuttle through. And as that happens, you're, you're essentially weaving a pattern, right? Yes. That's a very basic explanation. Yes. <laughs> so my, my understanding then becomes if the serpent is what moves the wheel. Okay. Then we could say the serpent is the creator. Can we? Or we can say that the serpent that moves the wheel is, I don't know what the animal form of personification is, but it's a, uh, it's an embodiment of 
Sidine and Sidar moving the wheel in order to uh, move the pattern of ages. Because what you just suggested means that the Dark One is saying that he's going to kill the creator. That is his goal. Okay, but then that would suggest that they are not... That what your earlier comment, and and this is a question because I would like you to clarify that if the Dark One wins, then they're not just sitting there with the creator and the Dark One just being like, what do we do now? (laughs) It would just be the Dark One sitting there being like, well, what do I do now? Yes. And, but, and that's, that becomes the question is what's the end game for the Dark One? Does he just want to sit in chaos for the rest of time and eternity? Does the Dark One just be like, Ah, yes. No order. Maybe destroy creation. Is there chaos? If you just see that and that, see, I would say no. I would say that an absolute nothing is similar to an absolute absolute zero. Everything? Yeah. (laughs) Which would be no energy. Mm -hmm. Dark one is just Civ 5 Gandhi after the atomic era. A little bit of integer overflow, and they go from being the nicest guy to kill them all. I mean, so, no, so, you know, you've got an interesting thing. Now, see, I I dispute the nature of the the heroes of the horn. Um, Well, I I was not necessarily suggesting that they were actually a creator tool, but I've heard it before. So it's definitely a theory that some people ascribe. And that's why why I dispute. I don't think that... Mm -hmm. That by design and by inherent nature, they are a tool of the creator. I think the individuals that have elected to become heroes of the horn serve the light and continue to do so. And they defend the ranks from people that would do otherwise. Um, Which is, of course, why they suggest that if a person uh, that was of the shadow were to blow the horn then the heroes of the the horn would not be bound to the light. They could fight for the shadow. Now, again, we never see that bear out. There are disputes as far as that actual being able to happen, but it is a submission that someone in the the book makes. Yeah, because they they say that they they fight of their own accord and Mm -hmm. they fight for the light. doesn't say that they fight of their own accord because they fight for the light or, or, or yeah. any combination that that implies that they're bound to the light other than by their own choices. Correct. And the way Otter Hawkwing describes it, assuming he is reliable, because uh, mm-hmm. he has not been alive forever, um, but yet he also has... It's one of those weird things, I guess. Um, he says that if... Uh, if someone loyal to the shadow blew the horn, they could refuse to serve them. Not that they must refuse to serve them. Yes. Um, And then, of course, then the big question comes up, okay, well, then uh, if they have their own free will to serve, what about the dragon banners? Like, well, the Horn of Valir in and of itself is a Terangriel, and it seems that indications would all be that the dragon banner is then also a Terran Grial. And if one can be created or an artifact can be found, or I think it's actually called the the Horn of Valir is actually known as an artifact, not a Terran Grial. It seems to function the same way. 
But if a physical object that can be studied does exist and it has the ability to touch and at least open a pathway for people from Teleron Rao to come into the waking world, just like we can open a gateway and go into the world of dreams, it stands to reason that somebody somewhere figured out a way to make a Teleron that can compel service given the fact that we have binding chairs and binding rods and all that other manners of making people do what I want because uh, I'm stronger you, than Lord Voldemort ever wished he could be. So, all right. Yeah. I so, like I mean, it, I think it winds up being an advantage for the forces of the light. And but not necessarily inherently. I, yeah. I, I think the creator is very happy about it. Yeah. But not that it's a forceful yeah. thing well, that the creator yeah. has done. Because they can also choose when they when they when they leave. Um they can true, choose yeah. not to be a hero of the horn anymore as well. Correct. Um, and just go back to their normal life. But they know that if they make that decision, then where they when they die now or when they get forcibly spun back out, kind of when the wheel just says, Hey, now it's your time, versus when they say, I don't want to be tied to the horn anymore. Um, that they'll lose their memories from whenever they started being a hero to whenever they decide they no longer want to be a hero anymore. Correct. Just like anybody else spun back out would I, even yep. after death. I am I am absolutely actually deeply fascinated with the Horn of the Lear. Um mm-hmm. as well you should be. Because it's a fascinating piece of this story. Like even even in the Age of Legends, it was a mystery. Mm-hmm. Like even in the Age of Legends, they didn't know how it worked now there is a well we're told that what happens is it opens a gateway and no matter which way the uh the the horn sounder looks they're always looking at the very side of the gateway so they can never see it it's just one massive troll it's actually a 2d gate yeah (laughs) wow yeah Imagine, imagine if that Thanks, came guys. out, that the, the Horn of Valyria was just like a predetermined 2D gateway with, an, with a weave that hid it from view. <laughs> That's actually pretty hilarious. All right, well, I... Well, I'm, I'm thinking here, and so I don't believe, I don't believe that there's, as we see, right, there is, the Horn of Valyria is bound to, is not bound to anyone except the horn sounder. Yep. Whoever sounds the horn, the horn is now bound to them until that person dies. And then yep. it's bound to whomever blows it again. We know that the heroes of the horn yeah. are there voluntarily. And there's some Marvel Mjolnir-esque standard for deciding who is worthy to join the ranks. Of the heroes Correct. of the horn, um, we don't know what that criteria is, but we nope. do know that plenty of people turn it down, um, as evidenced by the fact that when the heroes of the horn are talking to Matt, Matt goes, "Am I uh, one of you?" And they all laugh and they go, ha, ha, "Joining us is a choice, gambler." And uh, no, you're not one of us. Like that suggests to me that the last time Matt's soul was spun out. And then died. The horn representative was like, eh? and he was like, 
no. Not just no, but hell no. Not just hell no, but fuck no. Not just fuck no, but fuck you and fuck all the other heroes and don't y'all ever come back for me and mine ever again. Like, I, I have to imagine he made a scene because of their reaction to him asking. Um, but, I'm pretty sure that the last time it happened, it was just somebody who didn't really, like, really didn't like Arter Hawkwing, <laughs> and Arter Hawkwing is the Horn representative, and he came down and he was like, hey, buddy, you want to be one of us? And he was like, if you're a hero of the Horn, <laughs> I never want to be a hero of the Horn. And then, and then the other heroes were like, yeah, we misread that one. We should not have sent yeah. him. <laughs> I mean, we get the we get the one hint, because they're... Um, there is like a prophecy or whatever of the horn, right? Uh, that Yngtar uh, cites for us. It says, "Let whoever sounds me think not of glory, but only of salvation." Um, which might be another reason why they're like, "No one in the shadow would ever." We've never but, fight for them because they always think of glory and not yeah. salvation. And, and, and this is why this is why I I I'm and I'm, I apologize. I know this is a roundabout way to make this case, but I believe that this. That the horn, though the horn itself is not tied or bound in any way to the creator, it is its own artifact. The heroes of the horn, I think it's very clear, are bound to the horn, not to the creator. Mm -hmm. And whoever blows the horn will have the ability to command the heroes, but even then the heroes can decide not to serve whomever blows the horn with one exception. And that is what Andrew was talking about earlier, where Rand has the dragon banner. And if the dragon reborn is riding underneath the dragon banner and someone sounds the horn and loose there and says, go forth and kill every hero of the horn will go forth and kill. Now, what if the dragon right. has actually been turned and is fighting for the side of the shadow? Yeah, see, that's... We've gotten a completely off on another topic, uh, and that is totally okay. Again, that is what we often do on these metaphysics. the best player on the other guy's team. <laughs> right, exactly. All right, so uh, this has been a fascinating discussion. Please, please, please let us know your thoughts in the comments below, uh, whether they be y'all motherfuckers are wrong and here's why, whether that be uh, I'm pretty sure Andrew is actually right about everything and here's why, whatever it is that you guys think, just let <laughs> us know whatever direction that is, uh, whether it be comments on Twitter, whether it be comments on YouTube, whether it be comments on uh, Discord. Uh, for all of the invites to all of those things, as far as Discord and, and our socials are concerned, you can go to blacktowerpod.com. Uh, it also has all of the up-to-date information on the Gathering Madness as well, just blacktowerpod.com slash TGM. Uh, so please go and figure... Uh, find that stuff and uh, let us know all of your thoughts. Um, but this has been a fascinating episode. I think that final thoughts are kind of a moot point here because I'm not even sure we all had initial thoughts. My final thoughts is yeah. creator Yay Light and Shadow. There you go. Well, apparently we I know what side Josh is on when he's drunk. 
But uh, but thank you all for listening uh, to this week's episode of Taint. Um, I will let Josh thank you for all of the wonderful things that he usually thanks you for. Uh, and we will sign out in just a moment. Josh. Thank you so you much for being here. Thank you so much for being amazing. Thank you so much for being the best damn Wheel of Time fans scientifically proven in history. In history, in the history of Wheel of Time fans, nobody has ever been awesome, as awesome as you. No, you, no, no. Don't move. No, eh, eh, you. Nothing compares to you. From all of us at the Black Tower, we thank you for tuning in for your weekly dose of taint. And we hope that you're just a little bit more insane than you were when you first got here. So, um, yeah, that's me. I'm Josh. Sorovan Mahale. Sorovan Mahale. I thank you all for being here as well. I hope to see many, if not all of you, at WatCon. And if you can't make it there in person, virtual tickets are a thing. Go and check them out. WatCon.com for all that stuff. We'll be hanging out and doing fun stuff there. But I have been Andrew, your Bajan Mahale. Get your I'm badass two rivers shot glass. I'm from. about to drop a battle in the middle of Josh's guts. Do it. That's Bring true. it. Bring it. And I've been your Amon Khan Mahale, Daniel. Uh, and I uh, thank the light that I am nowhere near Josh tonight because uh, I have things to do. And I'm sure that I would get none of them done given how many shots he has had. Uh, but from all of us here at the Black Tower Podcast, thank you so much for being here. Thank you very much uh, for listening. We hope that you are having a wonderful morning. And in case we don't see you again, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Always watching, always running the show. And now you have to hit record.